You're listening to the Manverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin, and this is session number 141. A digital marketing strategy is crucial to your game store success in 2024. In order to grow, you need to get your store in front of new customers, and the most effective way to do that is using online strategies like Google Ads, email marketing, social media, and content marketing. This is where the Maniverse Marketing Agency comes in. We bring in new customers to your online store and physical storefront using a com- comprehensive digital marketing strategy that we build around your game store brand and existing operation and then implement for you. Book a 30-minute strategy session with us to get your game store digital marketing plan created for free. It's yours to keep either way, so you really have nothing to lose. Go to maniversesaga.com forward slash MMA to book your call and start off 2024 strong. All right, welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Traplin. And this is the podcast where we talk about what it takes to build a successful, friendly local game store, for the most part. Today, we're actually talking about Altered, a brand new... Well, a brand new trading card game that is coming to the market uh, pretty soon this year. And uh, I've got with me Eric. I'm going to pronounce your name terribly, but uh, Gio Langard. Not bad. If that's, that's that's not, okay. Okay, It's not (laughs) terrible. Uh, But thank you very much for coming on the show and, and giving us some of your time to answer some of these questions because there are a lot of people who have a lot of questions about this game. Yeah, go for it. I mean, I'm, I'm here for that. Uh, any question is welcome, and I'll try to answer it. All right. So uh, first, let's just give some background in case somebody's not heard of, of Altered yet, if they haven't uh, you know, found out about this, this new game. Uh, what is this game? What makes it different? What are your plans? What does 2024 look like? Give us a little bit of a rundown. Okay, okay. I'll try to make it short enough <laughs> because there is plenty of things to say. But the thing is, um, it's about three years ago, three and a half years ago, um, our founder, Regis Bonse, who is a former founder of a studio named Libelud, who brought games like Dixit, Mysterium, Dice Forge, and Seasons. He sold his previous company to Asmode. And from then, he decided to create a new company, which is Equinox, the one we are working for, with only one project in mind, which is to, um, to bring this new TCG to the market and which was based on the idea that we were lacking a renewal into the TCG industry. I mean, um, every new TCG that came to life for 30 years pretty much tied to the competition of uh, Pokemon Magic, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! and, and, uh, and uh, what am I forgetting? Uh, Magic, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! and that's it, mainly. And, Those are the big uh, and, and the only one that survived is pretty new, it's Flesh and Blood. But besides this, no one really tried and, uh, and and came up with a new recipe. And he had this idea that there was something to be done. He was very much inspired by his previous works uh, at Libelud. And that's how the project started. And basically, the project just, uh, you know, like any other project, just uh, analyzed the market and, and and brought up the point that, that was that, okay, new games came with new uh, gameplay, but that was pretty much all. So we believed that there were rooms for uh, improvement and that we could invent something here, uh, which is partly based on the digital aspects of the project, which I'm going to tell you a few words about, but also from the universe perspective, from the modernity of the gameplay and the universe, we wanted to do something different. 
So we've come with uh, with two different uh, trajectories to our project. One is gameplay and universe, and the other one is uh, technology improvements. That's why when you will discover Altered, if not done yet, you will see that all of our cards have a QR code on the bottom right part of the card. And this QR code is meant for you to be able to register your physical cards into your uh, digital collection. So when you will discover Altered, you will open it for booster, you will scan this QR code. If not done yet, you will be able to create an account on our platform and you will store all of your cards there. And because you play with physical cards, that's a physical game, that's not a video game, as a platform is only going to be a service platform. So the platform is going to allow you to uh, meet people wherever you want to play with, to be aware of any events organized by any LGS or any official tournaments around you. We'll be able to deck build from your application. Uh, any event is going to be organized through the platform which means that when you go to an LGS uh, in your area, uh, if you play some kind of tournaments there, uh, it will be organized through the platform. So you will register your deck if it's in constructed format. You will register your deck uh, from your collection within the platform and save it uh, to the event itself. You will register to the event this way and you will be aware of all the information about the event this way. Same because you have your online, uh, we will provide you with a marketplace which will be into the platform and which will allow you to transfer the digital ownership of your cards from your digital collection to another player digital collection. And yes, you play with physical cards and you transfer digital uh, collections. So how do you play with cards that you just bought from someone over the platform and without having the cards? Usually it's made by sending the cards. That's the usual business we've known for years. But here with Altered, we wanted to make things a little bit different. So what you will do is instead you will buy your card digitally to anyone, and then you will be able to have another service offered, which is print and demand. And print and demand is a feature where any card you own in your collection, uh, you will be able to reprint it, uh, to ask for a reprint from the factory, which is Cartamundi, our uh, game card provider, and they will send it to you, brand new, in the language of your choice, uh, anywhere on Earth. So instead of um, having to receive a card from a Japanese player overseas, and it takes months, and maybe it's not the card you've ordered, or you've been stolen, or it's not the right grade, or whatever can happen, here, there is no issue of this kind, because you, the transfer is instantaneous, so when you buy your card, you get it, and as soon as you get it, you can order it from Cartamundi. And after a couple of days, hours, depending where you live on Earth, uh, they deliver it to you in your language. Which means that the people who sold you the card keeps it. So the Japanese player who you bought a card from, he still has the card, its card. He can still play with it, but only casually. Because if he wants to register to an event, he needs to own the card, digitally speaking. So maybe he doesn't own it, digitally speaking, but he can still enjoy his uh, printed card and play with it. It's no issue. So that's one part of the project which is kind of revolutionary, let's say, in this industry. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and as well, at the same time, it's very easy to use, very convenient, and, uh, and we believe it's going to maybe change the market or the way TCGs are done for, uh, for the next decade. And besides this, if you want uh, more details about the game itself, um, the game is based on bringing up a new IP. So it's really, we are building up a new IP from the roots and it's, it's willing to be a very major IP in the future if we succeed with the card game because the universe is brand new 
very much inspired by the works we have done previously at Libelud, as well by the likes of Miyazaki's and the works of Riot Games. So our universe is very bright, very cool. There is no violence. It's meant to speak to the masses, to as many people as possible. But unlike maybe, I'll say a title like, like Lorcana, uh, the way we have designed the game is made to appeal to more than just um, casual player, you know? Uh, it's very accessible, so you can be a casual player and enjoy it. Maybe you've never played a TCG and you will enjoy it as well. Very accessible, but at the same time, if you like competitive playing or you want to go really deep, it's, it's going deep. It's going very deep. And this is going to be shown much more in the future with the reveal of what cards we haven't yet revealed uh, from the first core set. And, uh, and as well, there is a, um, uh, a competitive scene that's going to come up uh, in 2025. And the organized play is going to start in 2024 uh, at the re official release in September uh, 2024. So I don't know if I've summed up enough for you, but if you have more questions, you want me to discuss more stuff, just, just go for it. No, that's perfect. I was, I wanted to just get a concise summary of what the game is all about, what makes it different, what makes it innovative, because there is a lot of, like, it, I don't, I'm pretty sure you're the first game to really try and in integrate like a QR system and a unique digital ownership. And there's a lot of questions around that sort of thing. And well, there's, there's tons, tons of questions. Uh, two of them that came to my mind while we were going through the intro uh, that I have seen in other groups and other people kind of just asking about like, well, what is this game? What does this mean? Uh, two of the things from a retailer's perspective, uh, when it comes to TCGs, the second day market for a lot of stores is a big part of why they carry a game, right? Like magic singles and being able to resell rare vintage cards or just, you know, uh, car or, uh, rare, expensive, you know, popular cards from standard sets. Uh, that's a big part of the business model, right? Being able to open booster packs and, and sell those as a, a service is, is important. Uh, this sounds very different. So how would this work for the average game store? Would they be able to sell singles in the same sort of way or would they have to like do something completely different? So the thing is, yes, we are bringing something new to the table, but we don't really remove the old way either. The, the thing is, let's say you, you're a store and uh, you have cards because you've bought cards, like when you buy magic uh, displays and you just open them to sell singles, for example, and you have those singles in altered. Instead of having them in your stocks, you have them in your digital collection. So as a store owner, you will have a store account, which is a regular account, but with more features, which allows you in particular to handle uh, your employees. So you will have a system of rights for your employees, you will even at some point be able to manage multiple stores uh, with only one account. So all in one place, only one stock. And then you can sell your singles uh, over the marketplace. So you will sell the digital ownership of your singles and the physical cards you have kept for yourself. Uh, you might think, what do I do with them? Because I'm not a player, I'm a store and they have no value if they have no digital uh, ownership attached. The thing is, Let's say you live in, I don't know, Minneapolis, okay? You tell me you live in Minneapolis. You just bought a card from anyone over the internet, maybe not your local store. But this card, you don't have it yet, all right? But maybe, maybe you want to use print and demand because Cartamundi is going to send it to you, brand new. That might be the way you want to go. But maybe for some reason, it's 
too expensive or you're too far or too long or you want it right now in one hour time and your store maybe he has his card okay this card has no uh, digital ownership attached but then it has still a physical value so what he could do he could just store those cards and be like you know carton only delivering the cards for you but just quicker from the store so maybe you will find anything you buy over the internet at the store and buy them from there instead of uh, getting them reprinted from Cardamundi. That might be very convenient. Another way of thinking this is because print and demand is a feature that will only be uh, orderable per 20. So you cannot order one card per one card. So if you want to order a card, it has to be minimum 20 cards and then 40 cards and 60 cards, okay? The more cards you order, the less you pay because the shipping cost is divided per the number of cards you order and you will get a discount the more cards you order. So you as a store, uh, you might be a place where people will buy their cards from and the store will print them and demand for them. So the store might be keeping a stock just for those people not willing to go through print and win because it's too expensive. They are not big buyer enough. They are not big enough to buy enough cards. And you will have the cards for them because you have you have the, you have the market size for yourself. As well, we are going to implement another system, which is we want people to be able to ask for print and demand as a group. So you, as an individual, you might be having like a unique card. I haven't talked about the unique cards, but maybe you want you wanted to talk, talk about them later. Maybe you want to reprint. Yeah, of your unicorn or one you bought, you had just one, and you don't want to print 19 other cards, you know, you just want one. This card, this very specific card, the store is not going to have it because it's a unicorn. If you haven't bought it from the store, there is zero chance he has the printed card. But you just want this card. So what you will do is you can do that with a group of friends or with store, and uh, you, will, you will put a basket, you will create a basket, or the store will have an open basket in which you can just drag and drop the cards you want uh, into their basket and they will pass the order. You know, they will, they will gather the orders from the community and then pass the orders. And because they are the point of entry, they will receive the cards, the orders, and you will go to the stores to retrieve your cards once they are shipped and received. So this is another way of making the stores the centerpiece of the system by being a way, an easy way to use the print and demand system, which in some cases, in some occasions, is not going to appeal to you. Okay, maybe you're a billionaire and you don't care and you, you just buy 20 Unix and you, you, you make your order, you don't want to think about it. That's, that's Uber it, you know? But maybe you want to go to the restaurant because you get a cheaper price and the restaurant is 200 meters away. So it's more convenient for you going there and you get your order. Plenty of ways are going to be available to, to the stores to make business uh, around the system. That's exactly what I was hoping to, to hear. How does this work? How does this fit into the model? You know, is there room for for stores to actually, uh, you know, to to carry this, to build this into their system, into their business, and actually, you know, benefit from it, and and have their community also benefit from it? And I, it feels like there is a good middle ground between the printed demand and the secondary market. And there's our example, just picking up random numbers. I don't have the official yet numbers, but let's say you 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 order twenty cards and it costs you I don't know ten dollars plus shipping cost. Okay, so it's fifty cents per card. Uh, yeah, 50 cents per card for 20 cards. And maybe the store, by just putting your card you want into its basket, will provide you with a 30 cents per card price because it orders more. So they will just be able to provide you with a lower price and attract you from buying from them just because they might 
buy them for 15 cents and maybe they will resell them to you to 30 cents and you know make the difference in revenue and it's not only about the revenue they make from this kind of business because it's 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 small sense here and there and okay additionally it might make something but it's also that if you want your cart you have to go to the store and usually if you go to the store some people will just go retrieve the cards leave but some people will come stay and spend money on other stuff you know just this is all, this is a simple way to attract people to visit your store and then it's up to you to make money out of your customers in more than one ways with whatever products you want to sell I, I like the idea of, of kind of creating a funnel where the store becomes kind of the default way, maybe potentially for most players, to acquire the cards that they want rather than each person individually putting in an order with Card of Monday trying to get their, their cards shipped to their house. It makes sense to centralize it, at least somewhat, uh, around this community hub, which is the game store, and then the players benefit, but the store benefits as well. So I can see why that why that would work. Another question, and this might be a very leading answer because I want to talk about the whole unique system, but uh, one of the questions was why why would somebody buy booster packs if they can do this whole print-on-demand, digital ownership? You know, why why would the booster pack exist for a card game like this? Um, because the first question is how do you buy something on the marketplace if there is nothing because no one has bought boosters? If you want to have cards on the marketplace, you need to sell boosters so people have cards to sell. And then it's just a question of offer and demand. The more cards on the marketplace, maybe the less value to buy new boosters. And the, the, the more cards are lacking to the marketplace, the cards you wish. And it's all a question of prices. If the cards you want is, I don't know, $30 on the marketplace, then maybe you feel like it's good to buy boosters because you get a chance to get them. Otherwise, if most of the cards are cheap, it means that probably it's a better deal to buy them from the marketplace. So. At first, you need to sell boosters, then there is a market, and then the market is just balanced like any other card game, in fact. I mean, we are not different. We just have one marketplace, and for Magic and the others, there is tons of marketplaces, but same stuff. Why would you go and buy boosters if you can buy from TCG Player or Star City Game? Same answer. Uh, when you see your uh, incentive to do it, and there is this additional thing, is that uh, when you open boosters, you can get something which is a unique card and the one you get is not on the marketplace will never be because it's a unique card so you might have found maybe the right unique cards for your deck but maybe not and maybe you want to give it a chance and it's it's a chance to experience something which isn't very common with the other card games anymore because in magic it's just you have the cards uh, on tcg player you have them in boosters you can go one way or the other but if you're looking for a unique card, uh, well, it doesn't exist. You have to open boosters in Hub for it to be the one you look for. Yeah, I want to explain a little bit more of that because it's not just like it's not just unique in that you know there are lots of unique printings of Magic cards, right? There are lots of special versions of a card, but they're all the same version of the card. They're just you know they're they're shiny or they have a different art or something along those lines. When you say unique, you mean like actually like one of a kind, not just you know, special treatment or something like that. How does that whole work, that whole process work? Um, well, the, the only comparison I can I can make is the unique ring from Magic, the one who which sold for $2 million. This one very count was really unique. And in our case, every eight boosters, you will find uh, one unique card. And uh, this unique card is one card which 
the association of statistics, keywords, rules, and faction, and so on, is randomly generated by an, an algorithm, which we have educated. We have, uh, I mean, uh, we have made it something we want. So the result of it is something we wish to have for the player. So we, it's control. But once you open it, the way it's been generated is purely unique. So no one else on the globe might have the same association of statistics, mana cost, texts, etc., etc., and there will always be at least a small difference. So when you get a card, what it does will be the only one card on earth to do it forever. As a you know design elements, I mean, I really wonder like how does the algorithm work? How does it like determine you know the playability and stay within a bounds to not create a an insane super powered card and all of that, but I don't want to get too deep into that. I'm sure that will be uh, revealed in time. We could, we could. I mean, we can talk about it right now, but it's just that we have time for it. Or do you think it's interesting for your community? You, you tell me. I think I will save that for maybe another time. I think there are a whole bunch of other questions I want to dive into first, but other than really like the mechanics of the thing, that's just my personal. I like the design elements of a game, uh, but there are a bunch of questions that still need to be answered, and that uh, I've got from from listeners that they're curious and they want to know. Uh, the, one of the big ones was around the uh, Kickstarter. Details around the Kickstarter. Will there be a retailer tier? Uh, tier how will they? How will that fit into with them? How, what kind of support will it be? Uh, can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. So uh, yes, there will be a retailer pledge. Uh, and there is going to be a discount on it, which I'm not going to unveil right now because this is part of uh, the review of the Kickstarter page uh, at the end of the month. Uh, this retailer pledge will be orderable directly from us. So you won't order from Kickstarter. You will find an explanation on the Kickstarter page with an email address to contact us. And we will need to check first that you really are a retailer in order to validate your, your orders. And then how it will work is you will only pay uh, a small uh, percent upfront, 10%, if I'm correct, but I need to check, let's say 10%, but something small, and you will pay the rest on delivery. So, which means we don't want you to have um, financial issues with ordering from us because you would only be able to sell the products very much later. Here, you will be able to order it for a small price. And then when it is delivered, you pay the rest, and by the way, uh, first thing is when you receive the product, and it should be in July, you will be able authorized to sell it instantly. So before the official release of the retail product. So if you go with the Kickstarter product, you can sell it in July as soon as you have it. It's fine. And second, second point is because you go with the Kickstarter, the product you will get will be very special because it will be the Kickstarter product. So as such, and it will be revealed in, in, in late, late January, but I can say it now, uh, every single card within the Kickstarter will have a Kickstarter edition stamp, which will remain when you reprint it on demand and which will be shown on the marketplace when you sell the cards. So any Kickstarter edition card will remain a Kickstarter edition card as shown as it on the marketplace. So you will keep the value this way from those cards. And as well, there is plenty of surprises about uh, the product contents themselves, which might be slightly different from the official retail product uh, in terms of mm, good stuff, let's say. Furthermore, <laughs> one thing just to be sure we are not misunderstanding here, 
Um, the only product which is retail pledge available is cards and displays, not accessories. Just so you know, if you want accessories, you're just a regular customer. Uh, all the Game Genic accessories that are going to be shown and so on will be uh, uh, only uh, regular customers. So you will have access only to boosters and displays. Okay, so I'm reading through some of these questions. You, you already answered a bunch of them while you were going through that, so that works out great. Uh, one of the other ones was, how does the digital digital token aspect work for retailers? We'll be able to sell or give away decks that we retain the tokens for, like a starter deck product. So people are curious how the QR ownership system works. I, one of the questions that's a corollary to that was, uh, you know, is this a a uh, blockchain kind of thing? Is this an NFT? Like, how does all that relate? Because it sounds similar. So maybe clarify that for people. Yeah, it's just uh, like any other video games. I don't know. World of Warcraft, for example, you have your account online and it's saved on Blizzard servers. Same for us. You just create an account. It's on our servers and you do your business from your account. There is no NFT. Uh, everything is transferred from uh, the application, the platform, and that's it. Like um, basically any video games nowadays where you have stuff like skins or whatever, and you can trade them. What are the plans for organized play? So how are you going to support retailers who want to run tournaments? And Because uh, that's, all, again, another ma major aspect is event organization. How does that work with Altered? So at first... Um, we will start organized play, as I said, on day one of the release. So day one, I say maybe the week after, but should be September 24. And uh, you should be able to have kits, like for most of the usual TCGs that you can order. And you'll get your kits based on your spendings and so on. So we still need to, to discuss the details. I'm not able to give you all of that right now. But this is basically a system that people are used to. We will try to give you as much as possible, as much value as possible to attract your customers to your stores. Uh, among the value, what I can tell you is there is a specific system in our game, which is named the foiler. I don't know if you've heard about it, if it rings a bell for you or not. But the foilers are... I know, but let's, let's tell people. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, it's it basically because in the boosters, for production issues and costs, we, at first we couldn't put foils into our boosters, and we know people like foils. So we came up with a solution, which, which, which nowadays we see as a really good, is that in the boosters you will find special cards named foilers, which when you scan one of them, uh, is giving you a token, a right to foil any card in your collection. So there will be three kinds of foilers, common, rares, and unix, because there is three rarities into our game. When you find a rare foiler, you just save it into your collection, and when you want to use it, it's, it's wasted, it's used, but then you have chosen one of your rare cards in your collection, and you just make it foil, and from then on, it will remain foiled forever, and when you print it on demand, it comes foiled to you. You get it foiled. So you can choose whatever you want to foil with those foilers, and by the way, if like me, because I'm like this, I don't like foils, when I find one of those cards, I just save it to my collection and then I can sell this right over the marketplace because it's a token I can sell. So it has value. So I can sell it to people interested in foils and they will buy it from me and, uh, and foils accounts with. So that's one part of what we are going to put into the organized play uh, weekly kit, let's say, among other things. And uh, aside from this, um, organized play will only be able to be available uh, to stores uh, in 2024. 
So, but in 2025, with the release of the first expansion, which should come in January 25, that's when we want to start uh, organizing stuff on our side of things, and probably with the first major tournament in the US in February 25. That's our current roadmap. Then there should be one in Europe probably in March. And uh, once again, this should occur uh, around the early summertime, uh, US and Europe, and probably a final uh, somewhere in September for the first year. So a small year, you know, just because we want to learn, we want to be sure we master what we do. We need to grow as well and to, to scale up on the HR side of things. We need to recruit and so on. But then once we arrive after the first World Championship, that's where we want to reveal uh, the serious business, and it will depend on how the game has been uh, doing with the community and so on. But we want to grow and we want to bring people with way more opportunities to play and to meet, like conventions and so on. Uh, just uh, we want to make it slowly, uh, but surely. Very exciting. I like the idea of the, uh, well, I really like the foils. I think it's a really cool idea. I like the, you know, the, the shareable aspect of it and the fact that it's a unique thing that you apply to things. It's a consumable item in the marketplace. I think it's really neat. A uh, really good way to actually execute, execute foiling inside of this kind of a game. Uh, but uh, that's, that's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to find out more once, you know, details become available and it's, it's something that you can talk about. Uh, do, do, do you have any plans to offer support for stores that want to run kids or family play? So think hyper casual. Is there anything going to be specific for something along those lines? Or is it going to be more, you know, organized play is usually the more competitive players. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest, not at the moment. Just, just not that we are not willing to do it, but it's just that we need to build something first, the basic, which is bringing up weekly opportunities for people to go to stores. And then we will grow as a company. I mean, we have a Kickstarter coming up, then we have the official release. And once we know how well we are doing, how big we can we can we can be in one year time, uh, how much we can spend, and so on, it's all things we will do as much as we can, as soon as we can, what we can do. All right. I'm also curious. I'm working with a store in uh, California that's on the roadshow, and they've got some demos coming up. Uh, can you tell people a little bit about what the roadshow is and how they might be able to get involved to find out a little bit more of of uh, yeah uh, about sure. the game. The Roadshow is an idea that we decided to do because we needed to find a way to make the game known by, by as many people as possible because we are not Lorcana, we are not Disney, we are not Star Wars, so we have no big IP behind us just to help us, you know, make the news. So instead, we, we believe that if we go to the people and if we offer this free animation, so if you want the Roadshow for your store, um, just get in touch with uh, with us and we will put you in touch with Cascade Game, which is our service provider um, in North America. If it's uh, in other countries, you have to go through Asmode to contact them. And uh, this is an occasion for you to have a demo player and, and free stuff uh, for you to have a, a full afternoon of playing uh, for your players with promo cards and so on. And you keep the stuff. So everything is offered to the store and you can keep it and have people play more if you want. And this is uh, something we are aiming for 250 stores worldwide at the moment. We have planned 80 stores in the US and Canada, but we might be willing to do more if it's a success. It's only going to start right now in January because uh, most stores were pretty busy last year and we started in late November. So US is going to start right now. And you have, uh, if you type uh, Roadshow or if you check our social media, you might find the link with all the retro available to you with a map 
So you just check where you are and you see what's available around you and then you directly get in touch with the store and uh, to, to subscribe, to register to the event and to play. Cool. Very exciting. I like, I really like the idea of the roadshow. I think uh, once people get exposed to the way the game plays and, and really kind of get used to the, the different aspects of, you know, the design and, and the, the innovation, right? Like once they get used to it, I think it won't be, uh, won't be as, you know, unusual, I guess. And, and you see something we've, uh, it's pretty strange because we didn't have that in Europe, but in the US, we, some, some stores came up with the remark, like, why would I give you my customers for your roadshow? You know, what do I get in return? And, 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 and in, in Europe, we, we don't have this kind of comments. And to me, it's kind of strange because it's free. I mean, at first you do it, you don't do it, not my business, but if you do it, it's free. Uh, it's one way of just bringing something new to your players. If they like it, maybe you want to go further. Maybe you want to provide them with products. If you don't want to, you don't. At least it makes people come to your store. Maybe people you've never met before because we have fans everywhere in the world who are looking eagerly to find a place to play Altered and who are driving for hours just to go to one place. And maybe they will just buy something aside, you know, like play other games. And, and then you keep the products. So it's also free products for you. You get free promos. Uh, we, we have play sets of promos for the store's owners, which will be valuable in the future as well. So we, I mean, we don't see it really like a, a good point, not willing to do it. Uh, but well, whatever, some people just uh, don't want. <laughs> yeah, which sounds crazy to me because, okay. Well, offering the event for somebody to come into your store and, and try something new, like we, Game stores do demos all the time, right? So, so why would you demo my board game? Like, well, uh, it's because you can sell the board game. You can sell the card game. Like, there's a reason to do that. The event itself is fun. The people want to come travel to do it. And like you yeah, said, yeah. and we do uh, the demo for you. Traveling, it's, it's, they're, they're looking for these. And we have a demo player for you. So it's not like you are going to have to learn the game and to make the demo yourself. No, you just need to push the information to your community and to explain to them how to register. And, and, and that's basically it. We, we do the rest. There's no reason not to. Like personally, for me, like I don't know why anyone would say, "Well, why? Why would I host this?" I'm like they take care of everything. Why would you not want to do this? People are excited about this. They want to come come find this. And uh, like I can I can tell you that the the store they're working with, they are now opening up new. They like they, they have to do more sessions because people have have taken up all of the space for the one that they booked originally. So there's a lot of people who are interested in finding out more. So give them a way to find out more from you, right? Like as the store owner. Just to mention it, uh, at the moment, US, I think we have 55 stores already registered. So we, we wanted to, we asked that Cascade Game to offer, to try to make it happen in, in as many various areas as possible. We don't want like 20 events in New York, you know. We want maybe one, two, but mm -hmm. then we want other cities all across America. So wherever you live, you can find one place to play, which is close to you at some point. Uh, but just to, just to mention, in France, we have already 65 stores. I mean, 65 already registered, you know. But, okay, we are French. It's easier to communicate and so on. But we have some opportunities for you in the U.S. to get the roadshow still left. So we can get you in touch with Cascade Game very um, easily. And, by the way, we've... I don't know if you know, but um, when we were at Gen Con last year, it was the first time we revealed the existence of the game publicly. We've met with some of the biggest stores in the U.S., so Millennium Games... Uh, and, and some others, and those guys, they are backing us from day one. I mean, they are behind us, they are having the roadshow into the stores, uh, 
they have very big communities, they are advocates for us. So, I mean, probably those guys, I know some of them have very big uh, retailer communities. I mean, people talk together, maybe you know some of them. And, uh, and he, what, what I suggest all the time, if you, if you have doubts and if you don't want what we say or you don't trust what we say, maybe just ask uh, the other retailers that have already been in touch with us or have done stuff with us. Millennium Games is actually how I, I discovered Altered in the first place because he was talking about how exciting it was and oh, sorry, he, was, he was hyping it up like very uh, uh, as something like revolutionary. So like it was very exciting. Like, okay, let's pay attention to what he says. So let's, uh, let's see what this is all about. Uh, so I know we've only got a couple more minutes before you got to go. Uh, the, let's, let's do two things to wrap it up. Uh, make it easy. How do people get in touch with, uh, with, with you to set up either a roadshow or find out a little bit more? Where can they go for more information? Okay. As I said, um, any country beside US and Canada, you have to go to your Asmode uh, sales contact. So they are aware of, uh, of the roadshow. You just go to them and they will tell you what to do. If it's US and Canada, uh, whether you are in direct contact with Casket Game and you know some of them and just go to them, otherwise you, you come to us uh, on Discord mainly. So the best thing to do is to join us on Discord or to talk to us through our social media in, in private messages, and we will point you out to uh, Cascade Game and, and get you in touch uh, with them for the Red Show. And I mean, if you have more, yeah. and if you have more questions, it's the same. Usually, it's if it's business questions like uh, retail um, uh, processing questions, usually it will go to Asmode because they are the one distributing for us. But if you have questions about the system, understanding some stuff and so on, how it works, like the questions you had, you can come to us. Also, if you type uh, altered FAQ on Google, you will find the official FAQ for the game. And there is plenty of information about most of the question you ask here. Uh, you, you will find the answers there. Yeah, for sure. I've been telling people to, to go to the FAQ because it keeps getting updated. It keeps getting expanded. So it's, it's a good good place if you're if you're curious and you want to... You want to find out a little bit more? That's that's a good place to start. Uh, hopefully, this interview also helps. Uh, last thing before we say goodbye would be: Is there anything that you would want to say to retailers before you go? Is there anything that you want them to know, or is there anything that uh, you feel like they should be thinking about right now with regards to altered? I mean, there is so many retailers in the U.S. market, for example, that do not know yet about us and so on, or they might hear, hear a word about us. It's just give it a sight. I mean, uh, the Kickstarter is going to be released 30th of January. It's going to last a month. So you have like to the 20, up to the 29th of January to check it out for yourself. And, you know, just, just follow the campaign. Ch check what's coming out because this campaign is going to be very, very, very unique, very special. And I'm not saying this like just because I'm the marketing guy. No, no, no. This is really, we've made our <laughs> work. We've studied everything that everyone else has done in Kickstarter campaigns for TCGs. And the way we are doing it, what we are doing in it, the, the, the pledges we have done and the stretch goals we have prepared for you are going to be very surprising. So at some point, we believe that the product, the opportunity to get the product from the Kickstarter is going to be really one of a kind. And I'm saying this, and at the same time, you have to understand that because they will not order from Kickstarter, we won't be able to have the numbers shown on the Kickstarter page from the retailers which is the very basic why we did the Kickstarter in the first uh, place is because we, we wanted to 
uh, advertised through the number we could get from Kickstarter. So what I'm saying here is you as a shop, I'm not saying it to you to go to the Kickstarter because I want you to help me uh, build up a big number. This is not going to happen because we, we won't have this number upfront. But you might be sad if you missed it and you want to go with the game later. And you had the occasion to go with it now because it's going to be amazingly good. So check it out for yourself. And if you don't want to, just wait for the end results, see how it goes, check what the community says about the game, how big it made, and, and, and maybe then just order from Asmodee and, and see how it goes from here uh, when you can start ordering from them and you, you will get the retail product, which is pretty good as well. But this is the, only, the one and only ever occasion to get the product via Kickstarter. We will never do once again, one again. I mean, after that, we will just be a regular trading game company releasing uh, new expansions and so on at the Kickstarter. Oh my God, it's good. Should check it out. Very exciting. All right. Well, thank you, Eric, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And this was a lot of fun. Well, thank you, Tom. And just keep in touch once you've published somewhere. If you have social media, we can just, you know, retweet, repost. And by the way, do not hesitate to come to the Discord. We have a content sharing channel. This is where you should post your stuff when it's published on social media so our community can get access to it. And it's pretty eager to hear more about the game. So I will do that. All right. Well, thank you again for, for giving us your time. And we'll talk to everybody again in the next episode of the Maniverse Podcast. Bye-bye. See you, Tom. Thank you. All right, that is it for today's episode of the Maniverse Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you stay up to date whenever we upload. And if you like what you hear, we'd also appreciate a quick five-star review on iTunes. Thanks again for listening to today's show. I'm Tom Traplin. I've been your host. And I will talk to you again in the next episode of the Maniverse Podcast.